Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Championship Roundtable podcast. I'm your host, as always, James Vickers. Um, Jake's with us today. Jake, if you want to take us through the results from the weekend's games, uh, go ahead. Yeah, thanks, James. I started off on the Friday night. It was a one-all draw at Derby, as they hosted Cardiff to kick off the weekend. Another one-all draw in the lunchtime kickoff on Saturday as Fulham and uh, West Brom drew. Blackburn beat Millwall 2-1. Birmingham beat Cholton 1-0, uh, inflicting Cholton's first defeat of the season. Middlesbrough beat Reading 1-0 in one of the more eye-catching results, considering the form of Middlesbrough recently. Um, Preston making another home win as they beat Brentford 2-0. QPR and, and Luton in one of the more entertaining matches, 3-2 to QPR. Stoke lost again, 2-1 against Bristol City, although they did have a man sent off early, which did affect the game. Swansea also lost their first game in the season as they lost to Nottingham Forest, 1-0 at home. Harlem Wigan played out a 2-all draw. Sheffield Wednesday won in the match between the two clubs of new managers as they beat Huddersfield. And then Leeds beat Barnsley of two late goals um, in another lunch uh, lunchtime kickoff on Sunday. So, you know, a few surprising results, but a few good results as well, especially for Leeds, getting back to winning ways and moving back top of the table. I'm sure that that, that was a important thing for them considering their previous years of uh, struggling to nail down promotion it would have been a big blow to to go on a run of bad results at this point so to bounce back I think is a good sign for them but what are the games that jumped out for you most James? Yeah the first one really was the uh, the Swansea Nottingham Forest game uh, when we played Nottingham Forest a few weeks ago I touched on it on the show the other week that they they looked a bit hit and miss and I you know, we previewed it with Louis last week. I thought Swansea, you know, would run out comfortable winners in that game, um, you know, maybe by a, a goal or two. So I was quite surprised that, that obviously Forrest stopped them from scoring, first of all, uh, inflicted their first defeat of the season on them and, and came away from uh, from Wales with the three points in that game. So obviously Swansea have started the season really well. Team that have really sort of took a few people by surprise. I think most people thought they'd be in the top half, but not starting the way they have done obviously they went to Leeds and got that win in similar circumstances to to Nottingham Forest beat them here so you know it's a a result that leaves them still joint top of the table with Leeds after Leeds' win on Sunday as you touched on there Jake one defeat and one draw and five wins so far so still a really good start by Swansea Uh, in no means is that me sort of criticizing them Uh, but just one as I was running through the the results on on Saturday tea time that did catch my eye a bit I thought Swansea would have had a bit too much firepower in the, the forward department. Um, but, you know, maybe that is a case of those first few games sort of catching up with them now. And, and you know, for them, they'd be looking to get straight back to winning ways this coming weekend. Um, the second result that stood out for me, again, you touched on it, was the, the Middlesbrough-Reading game. I think looking at the, the sort of game as a whole, watching the highlights, I was quite surprised that, that Reading left uh, Puskas on the bench. You know, he's been in really good goal-scoring form. 
they didn't bring him on. Um, I think they brought him on sort of midway through the second half with Lucas Zhao as well. Two players which, you know, looking down their team and how they've started the season, I thought, you know, would have been sort of shoo-ins to start that game. Obviously, the manager took a bit of a risk with with rotation and it, it didn't pay off. As you mentioned, you know, Middlesbrough have been a bit up and down so far this season. Found themselves, you know, down in the bottom half of the table. And I think with that win now puts them more or less bang on halfway, um, I think in 12th or 13th. So for them... Looking at the table now, yeah, 13, two wins, three draws, two defeats. So a really sort of up and down start to the season for them, you know, turning those those draws into into wins now, um, even though we are still early in the season, you know, is, is paramount for them in terms of where they want to be as a club and, and challenging, you know, in and around the playoffs, if not that automatic promotion. Um, you know, they were close-ish last year, but fell off towards the end of the season and, and they'd be hoping to go one better. So good for them to get back to winning ways. But I think the most surprising sort of part of that result for me was was the changes that Reading made. You know, they've had a, a decent-ish start to the season, found themselves in mid-table before that game. One of the teams that I thought may struggle a little bit this year, but signings have really hit the ground running, which, you know, again, is part of the reason why I was sort of shocked that they didn't, you know, play them from the start, especially against the Middlesbrough team that I thought were there to be got at for Reading. Um, the sort of third standout result for me was was Birmingham going away to Charlton and, and getting a win. Birmingham, before that, had been, you know, three wins, a draw and two defeats. So a little bit similar to Middlesbrough, obviously, a couple more points on the board, but going away to a Charlton side, which hadn't lost uh, yet this season. Obviously, we talked about the fantastic job that Lee Bowie has done on the, uh, on the show you know, testament to him coming straight from from League One with that little bit of uncertainty over his future in the summer before he did sign that new deal. So, for them to get a you know a good start was a, a bit surprising. Um, obviously, they found themselves in the top two or three, and and for Birmingham to go there against one of the form teams in the division at the moment, scoring a fair few goals was you know another sort of standout result for me. Um, Birmingham now find themselves. Similar, what well, joint on points with Preston. Obviously, they've got a, a minus goal difference at the moment, which finds them a few places down. But one of those teams that are just hovering in and around that top three, and really looking, you know, over the next couple of weeks to put a couple of wins together. And and you know, the table being so tight as it is at the moment, you know, could take them into that top sort of couple of positions. So good result for Birmingham, but I was a bit surprised to see Charlton slip to their first defeat of the season. There, I thought that would have come against you know one of the no disrespect to Birmingham, sort of the better teams in that that top portion of the table. Um, but, you know, great for Birmingham to get that win and, and keep up the pressure on the uh, the top sort of six or seven teams. Um, yeah, they're the ones that stood out for me, Jake. Are there any that you agree with me on or are there any others that, that sort of stood out for you in a sort of a surprising or, or sort of negative way? No, I think you, you covered it quite well there. Uh, they're the, the results for me that stood out. I think Birmingham are an in- interesting one because, you know, being up there on a minus goal difference already, um, always catches the eye of maybe a team overperforming a little bit, but in their wins they perform quite well. Uh, normally getting more shots than the opposition, and they they're giving the young players go. Uh, Bellingham, the goal scorer, is only sixteen. Got the goal at the weekend to add to one. I think he's got in a cup competition before. Um, it's you know it's, it is it's looking good for them. I I still have reservations about the quality of the teams they've beaten. Um, if you go back, they were really lucky on the opening day against Brentford. Um, 
Barnsley and Stoke are obviously near the bottom of the table and neither have done that well. And I think Charlton are maybe riding a crest of a wave and, and we're going to come on more to that later. But I don't think they're going to be a team in the top half of the table when we come to the end of the season. So I still think Birmingham are, are, are one I'm not sure of uh, just yet. And I think I need to see a little bit more of them. I'm, I still have a lot of doubts about the manager, but a good win and, and to beat a team on a on a in good form is always is always a positive um going back to forest as well i think that was a game that we talked about last week me and louis um about in the predictions and i said that forest were a team that wasn't certain of yet and, and they were not an easy team but to predict they can go away and get big wins um and shock people and i thought that it was going to be a really good indicator of where they were against swansea and where swansea are and although i thought swansea were going to win the game i'm not too surprised that that Nottingham Forest did, and I think they're definitely a team to watch. Um, having been unbeaten in their last six, one away at Fulham and Swansea now, which are two difficult places to go. Their home form is maybe a little bit to be desired uh, at times, but I think that they're, they're definitely a team to watch um, and a team that could, could easily finish in the playoffs. I've been really impressed with them recently, and, and I think the, the new manager, who we, we're all uncertain of at the start of the season, looks to have adapted quite well to English football. So I think that they're going to be a, a good team to watch as the season progresses. Um, no other big re- uh, shocks for me, really. I think it, the weekend went how, was, how I thought it would. Um, the Middlesbrough-Reading one maybe a little bit of a shock, but... Still need to see more of this Reading team before really get uh, before getting too excited. Um, I think that I guess the Sheffield Wednesday going away to Huddersfield surprised me a little bit. I thought we'd see a bit more of Huddersfield. Um, it's going to take time for the, the Cowley brothers to really get their approach across, but I thought we'd see a little bit more from them. Um, just that pure buzz of a new manager. I expected to see a little bit more there, but wasn't to be and it, it just shows that the size of the job that they've taken on there and, and hopefully they will be able to turn it around um, because they are you know, joint bottom of the table and already four points adrift of safety so you don't want to be building that negative um, negative momentum for too long we saw what it did to Sunderland when they came down a few years ago um, and Huddersfield really need to avoid a similar similar decline down the league so the next few weeks for them are going to be really really important yeah, I agree with you there. Another uh, point you touched on, obviously, the, the Huddersfield game. Yeah, as you mentioned, I thought there would be that initial reaction uh, with the, the Kelly brothers coming in. Um, obviously, wasn't to be, but let's not take anything away from from the uh, the job that, that Sheffield Wednesday went over there and did. You know, Gary Monk recently coming in as well. And, and they look quite comfortable sort of watching the highlights in that game and, and sort of seeing the stats. So I think, you know... It is a massive job that they've taken on. I know you and uh, and Louis touched on it last week, and I think you know coming from Lincoln, where you know had a really good start to the season, riding that wave of like a feel good factor, and coming to this field, which you know at the moment is the complete opposite, is going to be really interesting to see how they manage that, and and whether it's going to be sort of too big of a jump too soon, or if that sort of immediate pressure is going to be you know too much for them so I think that Huddersfield one is going to be one that we come back to uh, in in sort of weeks to come um obviously we touched on the results there are there any individual players that stood out for you there were uh, there were two for me which I'll quickly touch on first they were both from the same game actually was the the QPR Luton game obviously you touched on it earlier as you were going through the the results probably the game of the weekend in terms of entertainment Naki Wells getting the two goals 
uh, in the first half. You know, really good to see him back scoring. Um, I think he played about two thirds of the game uh, for a, for a player that you know has been a bit hit and miss in the last few years. He was linked with a move to to Preston actually in the summer. Um, one that I would have liked to have seen come off because he he's a player who knows where the back of the net is in this division. So for him to get those two goals midway through the first half, uh, you know, great for him. And then likewise, his teammate Eze getting the, uh, the early goal and also one of the assists for Wales's goals were the, the two players that really stood out for me. And, and you know, that's a result that leaves QPR, uh, you know, level on points without that chasing pack with Preston and Birmingham, as I touched on earlier, West Brom. Uh, in the, the lower reaches of the playoff position. So two players that definitely stood out for me. Uh, are there any in particular that stood out for you there that I haven't covered, Jake? Yeah, I was going to talk about Eze, but uh, I think he was worth mentioning. I think he's such a bright talent, and it, it looks like he's going to have a, a coming-of-age season at QPR. We've seen flashes of it in the past, but he, he looks ready to really step his game up this year, and, and we saw that on Saturday. Um, the two I was going to touch on, uh, in goal, I think Darren Randolph was really good for Middlesbrough, made some really key saves there. Um, now we spoke about Reading and, and how that was slightly a surprising result, but on another day, Reading probably go there and win uh, with the chances they did have, and, and Randolph was excellent and, and proved why he is one of the better goalkeepers in the division. Um, so I think, he, yeah, he deserves praise for that. And, and the other one was uh, Calvin Phillips for Leeds. Another excellent performance from him. He's had a lot of Premier League interest during the summer, um, stayed at the club and, and looks to be becoming the, the key man in that team and, and the leader, really, in that centre of the park. A, a great assist from him, just non-stop work rate, linking up the play. He does have everything in this division. Um, I think maybe when he goes to the, into the Premier League, we'll see him maybe specialise um, as a midfielder. At the moment, he's a little bit of everything, even though he does play deep, he does drive forward, and he has a great passing range, um, does you know, take set pieces. That they were excellent at the weekend, um, creates chances. He seems to do everything, even though he's in that deeper role. So, I think he, yeah, he, he, was, he was excellent and, and was probably a major reason why they managed to go and win the game in the end. Yeah, obviously, yeah, fantastic performance by him. I think you know I've come to expect that with Leeds over the, the sort of the the recent uh, sort of past. Bielsa got them playing fantastic football, and it's no surprise again to see them up at the top of the table. Um, but sort of moving on to two teams, which uh, I've mentioned Charlton and, and obviously Preston, who I support. It's no secret that I support them on this show. Um, two teams that have really started the season well. You know, talking. Around, with a lot of Preston fans in the summer, there wasn't, I'd say doom and gloom, but there was a bit of a frustration that we hadn't gone out and, you know, really sort of spent the money that, that has been brought in with the, the sales of, of Hoogill and, and Callum Robinson uh, to, to West Ham and Sheffield United respectively um, over the summer. So quite a few fans, you know, understandably uh, frustrated that, that that spending didn't come and, and, and Charlton obviously, Coming up from League One, two teams that are both finding themselves in the playoffs at the moment, um, along with Bristol City and, and West Brom, two teams that I thought would be up there. So in terms of obviously Preston and Charlton, Jake, um, start on Preston first, unbeaten at home, uh, four wins from four at home, struggled a little bit away from home. Um, you know, picking up the odd point here and there, but it's, it's been that home form that's been really key for us. As someone sort of looking in from the outside, how do you sort of see us going for this season? Obviously, you tipped us last year, sort of about halfway through the season, to, to make that charge for the playoffs. As, do you think that we've, you know, added to the squad over the summer and do you see us staying in and around this sort of top six for the majority of the season? Or do you think that we will get found out and, 
and sort of pulled back into that mid-table place where we finished you know, over the last few seasons. It's a difficult one, Preston. I, I, I was confident about you last year and, and you went on and got close but didn't get in the playoffs. It happened the year before as well. Um, there's definitely talent. In, I think there's definitely, a, maybe not so much talent, but just the togetherness and, and it's quite a settled team. Um, Alex Neal's been there a while now. Obviously, the home form is, is crucial. Uh, somebody that likes to put an acker on at the weekend, a Preston at home, I, I, I always fa- I always always look at them. Don't always put them in, but always look at them. So you know they're a reliable team at home. Um, and, and that's you know quite well known. I think the, the recent form is maybe... The, the recent sort of optimism has maybe been a little bit clouded by the fact you, you've had uh, three away games in your last four. So... Um, Need to see a little bit more from you on the road. Um, I thought you did okay at Swansea last month, but um, came close to getting something there. And, and in hindsight, that that looks a, a tougher game than it probably did on the day. Um, Millwall as well. You you probably think that that was a poor result. So you, you need to see a little bit more from Preston um, away from home. Got a, the, the one this weekend. I think is quite an important one. The Birmingham game because as I mentioned earlier, I don't really think Birmingham are up to that much. So. This is a game that I think Preston are the better team and, and they need to go there and win uh, and get those three points. And the, then you go into the next few. Bristol City at home, tough game, but Preston's home form means that, that that's one that you could win. Middlesbrough away, still not convinced about Middlesbrough under Woodgate, so that's a game that you could go and win. Barnes at home, Reading away, Leeds at home, Blackburn. So you've got a run here that's some tricky games, but you also don't look at any of them and go, you'll definitely lose that game. So it, I think the next few weeks will show us a lot about Preston. Um, I think you'll probably be up in that sort of fifth to fifth to eleven spots, but it's so difficult to to know how injuries and just loss of form and managerial changes might just affect how the playoff picture goes. But I think you'll definitely be up there, and and it might just finally be the year that you get, do get into those playoffs. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd be quite confident. I think that. Maybe you should have done a little bit more over the summer, but there's, there's some good players in in the team. I thought that um, in, in the squad they're not even playing. I thought that some of the January business you did was quite good. Um, you know, you've, you've had Jaden Stockley, who I think has probably got a little bit more to offer, um, maybe as a bit of a bench player, but I think he, he's definitely got the talent to score goals. I think we saw a bit of that last season. And you've got Brad Potts, uh, Jordan Story, um, Ryan Ledson. Andrew Hughes, you know, these are all players, uh, Tom Clark, you know, these are players that haven't, I'm mentioning them because they haven't featured much, um, but they're players that you think could come in and offer a little bit more and you go further and you look at some other players, Josh Harrop, Lewis Moult, I know there's some injuries going on with some of these players, but they haven't featured much and you think that they could definitely offer more, so I I don't think the squad's that bad, it's just, when you look at the Preston team, there's not, you don't look at any one or two players and think that they're genuine quality Premier League players. They're just all just really, really solid championship players. And I think this the strength and depth, although although you might not think that you have you need a little bit more quality as you did in the summer. I don't think the step down from any of these players from from the ones starting at the moment to the ones that are not is that big and I think that's quite important for a championship squad. Hey I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, I completely agree. We had that, that last point, you know, players like Alan Brown, for example, finding it hard to get in the team at the moment. And, you know, I was, I was raving about him last season probably our best player and and you know he's been deployed as like a utility right back and centre about so far this season so that first point again that you made hit the nail on the head really that sort of togetherness in the squad there's not really a massive difference from the players that go in in the starting 11 on the match day to the players that are on the bench or the players that miss out Alex Neal said it in the week you know there's a, a real sort of spread between the uh between the squad there's no sort of standout you know, superstar names in this division. Uh, you know, it's really together squad. And I think, yeah, as you mentioned, obviously, staying injury-free, I think, you know, we, we could have a decent season. The the Birmingham one, again, as you touched on on Saturday, is a, a really sort of big one for us. To, to start picking up points away from home, obviously Birmingham have been a bit hit and miss as well this season. And it's a place traditionally we go and, and do get something from. So, you know, again, I'm hoping we can go there this weekend and, and, and get something from that game. Um, but a team that has been struggling a little bit this season, um, and obviously it was always going to be hard to, to replicate the heights of last season, is Derby County currently find themselves in, in 19th place. Looking at their results, you know, they've had one win, four draws and two defeats. So for the other teams that are around them in that sort of portion of the table, everyone else has got, you know, four, five, six defeats. So... It's not that they're losing games; they're just obviously lacking that that ability to put games to bed and and you know really sort of take opposition teams on. Which obviously losing Lampard, uh, Koku coming in, uh, a manager who doesn't really know the division, losing the likes of Harry Wilson and Mason Mount as well has has been you know massive for them. Do you see them this summer, Jake, as, as taking a step back or? Do you think that they're sort of on a par with where they were last season? And do you expect them to, to make a challenge for the playoffs this year? It's, they're such a difficult team to talk about because I think um, in some respects they've gone forward, but in other respects they haven't. Um, it was always going to be difficult for any manager to to go to go again after losing those lone players. You know, you see Mason Mount, what he's doing in the Premier League now, even uh, Tamori, he's, he's starting for Chelsea and starting in the Champions League. Um, Harry Wilson, he's he's scored a couple of Premier League goals already. Like, these were three Premier League players that they had last season. Um, mainly down to the links they had with Lampard, but still, even if Lampard was here, I think he would have struggled to replace them with, with like-for-like quality. So it, it's going to be... I think it's it's harsh to judge Koku. I think that he needs time. Um, I think maybe he wasn't given... I'm surprised he didn't bring in one or two more during the summer, really. I thought they needed it. I'm quite a big fan of Kieran Dowell back in the... when he was at Nottingham Forest alone, but it doesn't look like he's improved much since then. Um, I think some of the injuries they've had, 
have hindered them. Uh, Jaden Bogle is just coming back in now, but he was a big miss at the start of the season. I think Dwayne, uh, when they played Dwayne Holmes, they're a better team, and he's only featured twice in the league. So they're still trying to find um, the, the, t- the sort of group of players that work. So I think in terms of talent, they've they've definitely declined, and it was always likely to be the case. It, it did seem like last year that that was their chance to go up, and they needed to take it. Um, and th- and then what followed with Lampard leaving, I think. Lampard got out at the right time because I think we'd be seeing his Derby team down in a similar position. Um, I think, you know, with the Rooney stuff that's going to come in in January, I'm not sure what effect that will have, but I'm sure there'll probably be a little bit of money to spend for Derby. Um, and I think they need to maybe look at this season as another opportunity to bring through young players, try and get a settled team, try and find a role that Tom Lawrence thrives in, get him playing his best football, because he's the one player there that you think can add real quality to their attack. Um, and then bring in a couple of players and look to build for next season, having given Koku a full season in the championship, let him acclimatise, let him get to know the league, because he's definitely got the the coaching ability to to coach a team out of this division. I think he just needs the players and he needs time to, to get it. It, it was never going to be a quick fix at Derby this summer. Um, slightly surprised he took the job, but his, his own reputation was a little bit... Um, damaged by his time in Turkey so he might have seen this as a, an opportunity maybe to get to the Premier League and it might still be but I don't think they've been terrible um, and you see in some of their games it's it, the the tight margins that they've got, I think they should have beaten Stoke away to get a draw for matches against West Brom and, and Cardiff it, it's quite impressive um, this thing they just need time to develop, find a, a, a team that works together and just add a little bit of quality when we get into January. And I think we'll see them steadily get up the league. I don't see them for playoffs this season. I didn't think that at the start of the season. I certainly don't think it now. But I think we'll see them some get up into a, a solid mid-table position and a position to build from. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think, obviously, Koku needs to put his stamp on the team. It was always going to be hard losing, as I mentioned. You know, Mason Mount and, and Harry Wilson, um, you know, he's brought in a couple of players, Christian Bilic being the sort of the most notable name, uh, got man in a match on Friday night, was was really good for them. So for him, it's, you know, about sort of developing that squad now, really putting his stamp on it. You look at the the sort of players that he had to bring off the bench, Chris Martin, you know, really a forgotten man for, for Derby over the last couple of years. Um, so it shows you that that sort of attacking strength in depth just isn't there from from how they had last year. So I think another transfer window or two for him to put his mark on the team. I think this season for them is about consolidate, consolidating that place, you know, adapting to his style of football and then and then adding over these next couple of transfer windows. And I think, you know, if they get that right, they'll be back up there. But I think, yeah, this season, as you touched on, I think the players may be a little bit too steep for them. But, you know, with that being said, it's such a difficult league to predict and, and Derby is such a difficult team to predict that, you know, if they go on a run of, of four or five games unbeaten, you know, that catapults them right up the table. And, and if they can, you know, sustain that, who knows where where that'll take them into sort of the, the Christmas period. So by no means do I think that they'll, they're definite to miss out, but I do think it'll be, you know, very tricky for them to to replicate last year's sort of heights and, and sort of push into the, into the playoffs. Um, but with that, that takes us to our, our predictions for this weekend. And first prediction is, is talking about Derby. So 
on Saturday lunchtime, Derby go to Leeds United. Um, obviously, Leeds top of the table. Um, Derby, you know, bit hit and miss so far this season. How do you see that game going, Jake? Do you think it'll go true to form? And do you think Leeds will be able to pick up a home win? Or do you think Derby could go there and, and cause an upset as they did in the playoffs last season? This would have been a really, really big big game had, had Lampard stayed at the club purely for the story around it. But I don't think there's going to be the same the same feeling about the game this time around, considering, you know, where Derby are and just just the quality difference between the two teams because anybody can see how far ahead Leeds are now. I think that Leeds are an interesting team where, where they are clearly the best team in this division. Um, I, I think that's just obvious. You, the, other t- the teams you'd say maybe have the talent to, to compete with them are Fulham, who are just struggling to adapt um, the league, Cardiff in a similar position, uh, West Brom who have got their own flaws. You know, I think that Leeds just look like the most complete team, and obviously got one of the best managers in England. Let alone the Championship. I think Bielsa probably goes if he goes up into Premier League, he's probably one of the best managers in that division as well. So they're clearly the best teams. If you're predicting it on that, they they're the likely winners. But Leeds at home, if you you need a bit of luck, if you ride your luck and because you know they're going to have the position and create chance. If you ride your luck and you keep it tight, when you get it into the last 15 minutes, they can be nervy at the back. And Swansea showed that a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's not really a, a proven way to beat them because you have to ride your luck and you need to make sure that you, the leads don't score um, one or two before you get to that point. But if you do get there and keep things tight, and I think Derby have the, the ability to do that, to be honest. I think they could, but... You know, if you look, if if you look at at the cold hard stats, you've got to say that Leeds are going to win this game. Yeah, I agree with you there. Obviously, it would have been fantastic for that that story around Lampard and and Leeds and Bielsa from last season to continue into this year as as neutral watching it on TV. But I think you know now that Lampard's moved on to uh, to Chelsea, I think it'll be a, a completely different game. Obviously, the fans may have a, a little bit of backwards and forwards, uh, you know, about it. But I think you know this game will be will be one that Leeds do win quite comfortably, um, you know, maybe 2-0 or so. Uh, I think Leeds under Bielsa just seem to be getting better and better. And I think this will probably be the year for them that they do really sort of put their mark on this division and, and you know, get promoted to the Premier League, barring any, you know, major injury sort of disasters or any unforeseen sort of issues arising. So I think Leeds will win this game. I think, you know, Derby will do okay in the game. Um, as I sort of mentioned earlier, I don't think they're a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. I just think, as you said, Leeds are, are that far ahead of them at this moment in time that, that they should w- uh, run out comfortable winners. Um, so, yeah, Leeds in that game for me. Uh, second one, two teams in the playoffs. Um, or, sorry, Swansea in second, Bristol City in the playoffs. Uh, it's Bristol City versus Swansea. Um, Saturday, 3 o'clock. How do you see this game going, Jake? Do you think Swansea can go to, to Bristol and, and get back to winning ways after that defeat to, to Nottingham Forest last time out? Yeah, I think I think they could do. Um, I think it's going to be a difficult game for them. Um, I think we still there's a lot to see about uh, Swansea before we can properly judge them. Um, it's obviously the first defeat of the season on Saturday. It'll be interesting to see how they can bounce back from that. A lot of young players in the team. Um, might be a little bit difficult for them to to bounce back. And Bristol City are so good at home, and they're slowly building up some good form after a, 
a slow start, I think, from them, or or slower than people expected. But now they're they're fourteen points from seven games. If they maintain that over the season, they're easily going to be in the playoffs, if not more. So I think they'll look at this as a real opportunity to to get a win against one of the the teams that have started off the season so well. So I I think if Swansea at home, I might think differently. But I think I'm going to go for a Bristol City win here. I'd, I like them at home. I think they're a little bit like Preston, where you can trust them in in home matches, and I think they'll get the win here. Yeah, I agree with you with this one. Uh, I think Bristol City will, will probably just scrape it. I think it'll be a really entertaining game. I think you know, one of looking down the fixture list of games of the weekend for for a neutral to watch. Obviously, Bristol coming off that that win at Stoke last time out, you know, had a really good start to the season. You know, fourth at the moment, and and you know, playing well and and having sort of continuing from where they left off last year, you know, they, they picked up towards the end of the season, just unlucky to miss out on the playoffs and they've, they've taken that form into this season. So yeah, I think, you know, if, if they can keep players like Vyman um, fit, for example, they'll go a long way this year in, in terms of challenging for the playoffs. And I think they'll have a little bit too much on the day for Swansea. I think Swansea are still a young team as we've touched on and, and, you know, coming off the back of that first defeat, it's going to be interesting to see how they do react. But I think, you know, out of all games they could have wished for, Bristol City is probably one of the the last games away from home as well that they would have chose. So, yeah, for this one, I'm going to say Bristol will, will just shade it, but I can see it being a close game, so maybe like a 2-1 or a 3-2. Um, moving on then to the last game that we've got in our previews, uh, Jake, if you'd have said, you know, a couple of years ago, this would have, well, would have been a premiership game and, and probably quite a closely contested one. It's West Brom versus Huddersfield on Sunday at lunchtime. Obviously, West Brom had a good start to the season, you know, a couple of points off the top. Huddersfield, as we touched on, really bad start to the season, you know, find themselves with one point. The Cowley brothers, you know, looking at the fixtures when they first took over would have been looking at this one and, and probably worrying going away to West Brom, which is one of the, if not most difficult places to go in the division. Can you see Huddersfield getting anything from this game? Or do you think West Brom will win out, uh, run out comfortable winners in this game? Yeah, this is going to be a, a really interesting game to, to see what happens with, with Huddersfield, especially because although the first game after a new manager can be important, you know, after a week on the training ground, the second game can, can be a little bit more telling and, and can actually uh, be the one where the team starts to, to get positive results. It's going to, the lunchtime kickoff again on the Sunday, so all eyes will be on it. Um, I think they've got a chance going away to West Brom. I don't think West Brom have looked secure yet from what I've seen. Um, conceding eight goals um, is a little bit of a worry. Um, they've obviously got a lot of goals in their team in attack, but the fact they keep conceding is is a worry. Um, yet to keep a clean sheet, and that's something they need to work on. Um, so yeah, I think there'll be goals, and I think it could actually suit Huddersfield the way that West Brom play. Um, and it's a game where it, they, there will be chaos, uh, for want of a better word. And I, that can be the type of game that you can get your confidence up and, and get the win you need to start moving in the right direction. So I think I'm going to go for a a two-all draw, but I think it's going to be a really positive one for Huddersfield uh, and give them a platform to build on. I uh, I thought you would have gone for a West Brom win, so a little bit surprised, but I can see where you're coming from with that. Obviously, yeah, them having that, that week on the training 
pitch to to really get the message across the Cowleys and and put that stamp on that team. But I think for them at the moment, it's going to come a you know one game too soon. I think over the next couple of weeks, we will see them start to to pick up more points and and get out of that relegation zone. But you know, I I can't look past West Brom at home in in probably many home games they have this year, with the exception of maybe like a Leeds, for example. Um, I think you know going to the Hawthorns is probably the difficult, the most difficult place to go in the league. And I think they'll have a little bit too much for a Huddersfield team, which, you know, are still finding their feet under a new manager. I don't think it'll be a completely one-sided game. I think it'll be quite a close game, but I think that, that West Brom will just shade it. So if I was going to go for a result, I'd probably say maybe a 1-0 or a 2-1. But I think Huddersfield over these next couple of weeks will start to to sort of get points on the board and, and you know, put that that stamp on on the team from the Cowleys and, and move away from the relegation zone. Um, but with that, we're out of time. If you want to let anyone know, Jake, where they can find you and any projects you're involved in, now's a good time. Yeah, you can get me on Twitter, at Jake Jackman with two N's. I'll post anything I do there. Uh, I was on the Premier League show on Sunday, so that's still out now if you want to hear about my thoughts on the Premier League and Newcastle especially. Give that one a listen. Yeah, and you can find me on my personal Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers. Uh, more importantly, you can reach us on our show page at Championship Pod on Twitter. Um, each episode is the pinned tweet, so give us a follow and you won't miss an upload. Um, but with that, we're out of time. and We'll see you next week. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.